everybody. I want to thank you all for joining us again for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited. Guys, I always say this, it is, but it's family, right? And so I always try my best to be, uh, not be biased, but today we have on family, uh, we have Servant Leader Caitlin Benedict with us. She is the assistant men's basketball coach at Salisbury University. But more than anything, we share each other in the same fellowship within a group called Embrace Us, which we'll talk about. We share and hold a line. We talk about iron, sharpening iron. This is one of my prayer partners. This is one of my, uh, you know, people that I know that can go to and say, hey, listen to this song. And it always comes at the right time. But we talk about having uh, people who are your pallbearers, people who have a seat at your table, people who are going to sharpen your iron. You are that person. So I just want to thank you so much for your time. I tell people that time is that one thing in life. And once it's given, I can't take that back. And even knowing you, even though calling you my sister, I don't want to ever take for granted what you do. So I thank you so much for being here. I'm going to pass the torch to you to say hello to our listeners and we'll get this conversation started. No, I really appreciate you having me. I'm super excited. I love your podcast. I jump on when I can, but I'm, I'm excited for this. <laughs> me too. Me too. And, you know, just to get this conversation started, you know, a lot of times it's amazing what this pandemic did, right? Uh, you know, you meet people, you know, we were able to connect, but it's so funny. I tell people all the time, the individuals that I've crossed paths with, I probably talked to you all more than some people that I've known for a while. And I was listening to um, Pastor Keon Henderson, I believe is his name. Um, and he was talking the other day about being able to manage the people around us and what we can do, right? It helps you. There's some people that you talk to in that day. And then like you and I were talking about before we came on, when you just talk about Christ, when you talk about how good he is, when you're even able to talk about those valley moments, you leave refreshed and rejuvenated. And that's what this podcast was pretty much all about. So for new listeners, we welcome you. For those are listening right now, we thank you for tapping in. And I just want to get started by what my grandma used to always say, you know, you knew the God of me, you know, the God of your mom, but baby, it's a time that you got to learn them for yourself. Take us through that Christian journey, right? When Caitlin learned who he was and why you chose to trust him. Well, you might call me crazy for saying this, but I always say that I feel like I was born to follow the Lord um, just because of the, of the environment that I grew up in. Um, my parents got divorced when I was two. They both got remarried. Um, and it just wasn't, you know, the best environment. I'm not going to go in too much detail, but I could have easily walked away from the Lord. I could have easily said he doesn't love me. I could have easily said why is all this stuff happening to me, you know, as, as a kid, when I'm supposed to be in a loving environment, you know, with my parents together, all of this stuff. But I, my parents had me plugged in, my, my mom and my stepdad had me plugged into a church called Woodlawn. I'm from Panama City Beach, Florida. Oh, yeah, you got but it. To, to be able to be plugged into a church, um, I have a couple older, older ladies that were very faithful that kind of groomed me in the faith. And I used to beg all the time to, to, to go to church because it was a place I felt safe. It was a place I felt loved, a place I felt wanted and valued. And I remember one Wednesday night at children's ministry, the lady, her name is Misty Hicks. She just taught us the prayer to accept the Lord into our heart. and. And I was probably early elementary school. And that's when I accepted the Lord into my heart. And, you know, they always say, you know, you watch Michael Todd, let's all pray this together. So every time from then on, <laughs> you know, right. I kept praying, I kept praying that prayer, but I knew that I was already saved. And 
God has just gotten me through so much. How could I turn away from him? You know, he's, he's brought me through divorce. He's brought me through family turmoil. He's brought me through broken relationships with my parents and he's restored them to now. Like I, when I left for college, I didn't ever want to go back home. And now I beg to come back home to see my family, to, to talk to them every day. You know, sometimes I FaceTime my parents and we eat dinner together now that I'm so far away, but you know, that's kind of how I, how I met the Lord and he's just restored my life. He's healed me. He's continuing to heal me. And I don't know how I could turn away from him when everything that's ever been good in my life and even how he's turned the bad and the adversity into good in my life. Um, so that's, I always say, I feel like I was born to follow the Lord. You know, I used to sit in my mom's Bible studies as a kid and just listen. And it was just the environment that I always wanted to be in. I didn't want to go anywhere else. I wasn't, as a kid, I wasn't a partier. I didn't like to be out late. So if I wasn't in church, if I wasn't in, in practice, you know, I was at home asleep. And I remember one story. I used to be a gymnast back when I was, um, I started when I was four and I did it all the way until my sophomore year in high school. But my eighth grade year, I was going to compete uh, against, you know, the state of Florida to earn a right to compete against Eastern half of the United States. And I remember the whole time leading up to state competition, I would just end my word every day. Um, And it was the best competition I'd ever had. And I knew that the Lord had shown me favor in that moment. And I said, if I can't, if I don't believe in him right now for something insignificant, as winning a medal at a gymnastics tournament for him to show me how loved I am by him. Like, how can I ever remember to love him in the times where I'm not getting something? And so it was just cool to see, to have that experience, to feel God's love and to feel his favor over my life. And something that, you know, it's, it's sports. It's very insignificant in the grand scheme of life. but to to show to see him be faithful to me with something that I was passionate about um was cool it was a cool experience and I like from that moment on I always knew like God was right there with me no matter what I was going through I think that's so awesome and you said something that also is like congruent with what he asked for us to do right he says if we're faithful over a few things right? He'll make us ruler over many. And that's what I'm thinking when I hear you speak, right? That yeah, in the grand scheme of things, that blessing was insignificant as you placed it. But when we learn to be thankful for the things that he's given us, I was talking to somebody a while back and I said, it's so funny how we, uh, like Coach Yo says, no ceilings at Ole Miss. She always says no ceilings, but it's funny how we'll place a ceiling on him, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to pray for this, but I'm not going to pray for that because that's asking God for too much, you know? And so I love how you were appreciative of his blessings. And as I say, I thank God for my blessings, both big and small, both great and small. But what I've learned over time, and I love that you put that, we are thankful for him because even the small and significant ones, we can't do without him. And that's what you've recognized, which I think is so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And talking about that, and I'm still stuck on the, I was born to follow the Lord, right? Because here's the crazy part about it. We all were, but I've never been like, it hit me when you said it. Cause it's like, whoa, that's powerful. But here's the thing. That's what he called us to do. And I love how you put that because sometimes, you know, when we walk into this faith, we don't know what our calling is. We don't know what he's asking us to do. I had a player of mine a couple of years ago to say, you know, I, I know people have gone through this and gone through that. And I feel like they have to go through these big tests and trials in order to get God's attention for him to tell us what he wants us to do. And I appreciated her for saying that. But what I needed her to understand is everybody's path to Christ is different. And then the assignment he gives us is also different. But one of the things I love that levels the playing field is exactly what you just said. We were born to follow him. And if we do that, right, if we follow him, connect with him and build that relationship with him, we'll then be able to hear him and what he's asking us to do. Yeah, and I would even go further to challenge that is we get so, as humans and and people, we get so stuck on, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to do with my life? But the Bible tells us all, you know, follow Christ, love him, 
and go share the gospel. You know, we're supposed to evangelize for, for the Lord and, and what it's everything that our purpose is, is quote unquote, what we do, but it's, it's how we do it, I should say. But what That's we it. should be doing is creating, um, planting seeds, watering seeds, creating disciples for the Lord. You know, we don't need this extravagant thing that's tell us what to do and how to do it. The Bible says, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And because we're afraid, you know, my pastor has been talking to our college ministry and he said, if someone... If we have water in here and you heard on the radio before you walked in that someone had contaminated it, you would come in screaming, raising cane, telling people, don't drink that and throwing it out their hands because it would be harmful to them. But we're so afraid to save lives by sharing the gospel. Like, Mm -hmm. what is the difference between that? And he said, we should be doing the same thing with the word and with the truth. We should be walking everywhere, yelling it out, trying to save people from dying. And I said, that's so true. Like, that's our ultimate purpose in life is to build disciples for God. And then everything else is what we do. It's the avenue, the conduit for how we do it. And that's kind of how I started looking at like coaching. My job isn't to teach people basketball. In the worldly sense, yes, that's what I do. I'm a basketball coach. But at the end of the day, my job is to share the gospel. Come on. And after I do that, I planted the seed or depending on what kind of soil the seed is on, I can't determine whether or not it gets planted, but I've been obedient to what the Lord has called me to do. And ultimately if I loved him, I'm going to be obedient to that. I think that's big, right? Cause we always talk about um, basketball. I'll never forget. I was on this platform and it said, you know, we all say ball is life, ball is life, ball is life. And I loved it because the platform was understand this, that, um, Ball is a platform, but God is life. Mm-hmm. I love that I love that shift in that, and I and I and I think that more than anything, I used to, I talk about this time. I used to feel bad, right, because I sing in the choir of my church. Okay, now the pandemic has kind of changed the way that looked, but even so, a lot of times coaches and athletic professionals that come on here, and even myself, I would feel guilty. I would feel bad because a lot of times I would miss choir rehearsal thus being uh, missing singing on Sundays because of basketball. And I would say, oh, I just feel so bad because I'm doing basketball because of that I'm not singing in the church and I feel like I'm not working in the vineyard. I would just kick myself and I will never forget. It was on the podcast and it was so, I, I cannot pinpoint who it was, but it hit me in the right way. And basically he said, I need you to understand something. Coaches, our sport is our ministry if we're doing it the way he's calling us to do it. And you just magnified that by what you said. Yes, we coach this game, but here's the thing. This is that avenue, right? And that's why I always talk about this platform, being able to infiltrate the sports world, right? With God's word, with his love, right? Being able to plant the seed, as you said, because if I can meet you with the love of basketball, let me talk to you about the love of Christ. And Mm that's big, Caitlin. Oh my goodness, that's huge. And I think more than anything though, even in that, which is going to lead me to my next question to you. Sometimes I feel that, uh, you know, when I say normalizing athletic professionals of faith, so often rather it be maybe where we are. Um, sometimes it may be because we just don't feel bold enough in our walk yet, or we don't feel close enough to him. We feel either embarrassed or not comfortable with being able to mention who he is um, in our roles. Can you give a tip for the listeners or kind of, you just talk about your experience with how to, I don't want to say implement that, but how you walk your faith. That's how I want to say that. How you walk your faith so that it is not blunt and abrupt, abrasive to those that you lead, but that they do learn who he is in your heart by the way that you lead. Well, I think I have the ultimate platform for that because I'm a woman on the men's side. Yeah. So the question I often get is, why do you coach men and not women? And so, of course, my answer is because my faith is really big in my life and I feel that the Lord has called me to this. Come on so that automatically allows me to insert that. And I'm not ashamed to say that. People don't have to believe me. My players know that my faith is really big. And when I tell them that I'm praying for them, they know it's not me forcing my faith or religion on them. It's That's how I'm showing that I love them and I care for them. And... um. I think it can be tough, but 
like the Lord was persecuted. You know, the disciples were all killed and John the Baptist was beheaded. So is my fear really going to keep my fear of not being accepted really going to keep me from showing and standing up for my faith? You know, when I think about that, the testimonies of all of the disciples, of all the, the prophets and the people that were, you know, they were, they were proclaiming the gospel even before the Lord got there. And how, how much more do I need to do the same in my life? You know, and I don't have, if people say, oh, I don't believe in that. Okay, cool. I'm not going to force it on you, but they know. It's funny when people know that you're a Christian and even you don't have to say it, but more than one time or they're like, if they cuss around you, if they do something, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So it's just by the way you live your life is a testimony Mm. in itself because I'm staying true to what my word said I was and my actions are backing up what I say and what I, what I'm doing is backing up what I say. And so I think that's the most powerful thing. It's just living, living it out. You know, I, I say this all the time. My superpower is love. I love, love it. people well. And that's just something that I feel the Lord has gifted me with. And um, that's ultimately what God is. God is love, you know? And if I can share that love with other people, if I can love people well, they're going to say, what's different about you? And then I can say, Hey, the Lord, <laughs> you know, he sustains me. He sustains me everything, especially now. My players all know that I've been dealing and struggling with migraines for mm-hmm. almost two years now. And I have no solution at the moment. You know, I think this new medicine is going to help, but I don't know. And they always ask me, Coach CB, I don't know how you do it. And I said, well, man, the Lord just sustains me every day. He gives me what I need every day. And just to be able to insert those little things, why I do it or how I answer the question, I just say, God, God, God. And I just put the focus back on him. And we might not have a 30 minute conversation about faith or about getting saved or about that, but they know I like the Lord is big in my life because of how I respond to things, how I love them and um, how I glorify him with the way I live. I think that's awesome, right? Because I tell people all the time, you know, we all know name brands and there's so many times the subliminal, I'm trying to think of it. I was thinking this the other day when I was talking to somebody and it's like the commercial is literally pure silence. It is an ad that maybe stays on for a few seconds, but you know it. So often I teach school, of course, you know this about me. And one of the icebreakers I like to do every year is I like to show them a list of advertising brands, their logos. I don't put the name on them. And so I say, okay, well, what's this? And they have to fill out. So of course it's the common ones that we know. It's McDonald's, it's Nike, right? Amazon, iTunes, all of these emblems. And they know what it is. It doesn't have to say the word, right? I don't have to tell them out loud what it is, but because they see it, they recognize it. And I tell them all the time, I said, you know, in our lives, that's how Christ wants us to be. He doesn't Mm -hmm. ask us to just Bible beat or be this, but if in our walk, and I love how you said that, like in our walk, my walk, I love God. So it's easy to do that, right? He tells us in a word to be the aroma of Christ, you know, and I like my perfume, Caitlin. Okay, I do. I have a whole little box of it on, you know, the top of my shelf and I pick from, but when I leave the room, right? I've noticed kids, kids, ooh, you smell good, coach, right? And so I'm like, thank you. It's such and such, such, but- imagine as Christians, right? When that being a Roma of Christ, when we walk into a room, when we leave, what do people think of us, right? When that person that doesn't know Christ or has been uh, heartbroken by, you know, the church, right? Which is not Christ, but by things that have pulled by life that have pulled them away from him, right? And then this person comes along and they have this sweet savor as the word says, right? They're going to inquire. People always say, Chelsea, you act like nothing's ever wrong with you. And I'm like, eh, well, that's not the case. (laughs) Life happens, right? But I know who holds my tomorrow. I know who controls Mm -hmm. my obstacles. And that makes the difference. So I'm so glad that you you put that out there. You know, you and I, I talk about iron sharpening iron. And, you know, our brother uh, Huff just walked in and, you know, he talks a lot about um, our board of directors. And I'll always say, um, Coach KB, I know you're listening, 
who occupies the seats of our table. And most recently, people have been hearing me talk about the meme I saw that says, who are the pallbearers in your life? That thing has been on me because I'm telling you, it truly allows you to survey. When you look at pallbearers and what they do, it allows you to survey your life. You know, we share a couple of different commonalities in that, right? And so I want to know as you move forward, especially now taking on this endeavor, being on the men's side, I know you have Christ with you, which is probably the, the top of your list. But who are some of those individuals who stand as your board of director, as your pallbearers that have helped you not only within your walk as a coach, but in your walk with Christ? I would say my mom, first off, um, as our relationship grows, she's somebody that I look to. She's very faith driven and, and studies the word. And, you know, we bounce a lot of questions off of each other. So to be able to have my mom there. Um, she knows me better than anyone, sometimes even myself. And then uh, one of my uh, one of my good friends, he's my business partner, but his name's Robert Britton. Um, he's the one that actually helped me be able to play college basketball. And he's been in part of my life for a long time. And I call him about a lot of stuff. He's He's got a lot of wisdom. He's very opinionated. And uh, But it's all because he loves me. You know, he looks out for me. He gives me good feedback. And he knows I'm going to just pick the meat from the bones and take what I need for my life. But um, he's always there for me. Um, both of these guys on here, Coach Huff, Coach Mo, um, I look up to them a lot. I value value their opinion, their wisdom a lot. Um, and they don't necessarily tell me what to do. They share their experience. And just mm -hmm. being able to hear someone's experience and learn myself through learning others um, is very helpful for me. So I don't have a lot of people that I look to but I have few that are very valuable and have contributed much to who I am, who I'm becoming. Um, Jason Wells is another one. I, I pick his brain a lot. Um, I get a lot of feedback from him and it's just, and his feedback is more so asking me questions so I can dig deeper into myself, not more so, you know, him just telling me, telling me things, but I like to be able to reflect and having those people that ask me the reflective questions is very helpful for me. So. Um, those are a few. It's pretty much all of them for me at the moment. Um, I try and keep that the voices in my ear very small and seldom because ultimately, if I have a lot of people outside that are trying to speak to me, I can't hear the Lord's voice. So, mm. so I try and keep that quiet because I have to one, I have to hear his voice and two, I also have to process through the voice in my head. So if I can't first do those two things, then I'm not going to be able to hear what other people have to say. That's huge, right? And I want to stop right there for a minute because I'm telling you, you all always say something that pierces me and that kind of comes up with where I was during the week, okay? And it's so amazing because you just said what many of us miss, that when I'm paying attention to all outside noise, I can't hear him. It's, it's, it's hard to do. It's not going to happen. And so often we are uh, distracted, right? We talk about not knowing our assignment from him. We talk about not knowing the answer to the prayers we pray. But I told you before, and I say this all the time, and I know you as an avid listener hear me, when that minister told me, he said, Chelsea, prayer is a conversation. Prayer is a conversation. And you are praying, and you say amen, and you get up. Mm -hmm. But then you yeah. wonder why he will not answer your prayer. He's trying to. You're not listening. If I sat in a conversation with you, and then you got, I finished talking and I got up, even on this podcast, you'd be like, Chelsea has lost it. I mean, she didn't give me a chance to answer. And so often we find ourselves questioning where he is, questioning when he's going to answer, questioning when he's going to come through and he's trying, but we're distracted because we're listening to other people. He's trying, but we said, amen. And we got up. And I'm so thankful that you said that, that I have to make sure that I'm not distracted, that I'm focusing on him so I can hear what he has to tell me. Yeah, one thing I started doing was um, from the time I wake up to, I think my phone is set for 10, but my phone stays on do not disturb until 10 a.m. And I do that intentionally. You know, I might turn it off earlier than that if I finish my time with the Lord. But I do that intentionally because I don't want my phone buzzing. And I'll generally leave it across the room too, plugged in on my nightstand because I don't want to be distracted. That's my time. If I don't get that, 
it was funny. It was funny. Last summer we were working at a, a camp here at Salisbury and uh, it was a rough, rougher morning. I, I overslept. I had a bad migraine that morning. I didn't get my quiet time in. So I walked into the gym with my headphones in playing some, some music, some, some gospel music, you know, trying to get my spirit up. And, uh, and Mo said something to me. He said, I'm going to get you a coffee mug that says, don't speak to me until I've had my time with the Lord. Oh, <laughs> and it was funny because yes. it's so, it was so true. It's like, I never, I never realized that until they said it, but how valuable that time is for me to be able to show up as me. And if I have my phone buzzing or people trying to stretch me in directions, as soon as I wake up, I'm not going to be in, in a mood to be able to respond like the Lord. And so that's something that I did was start having my phone on do not disturb until about 10 o'clock in the morning. So I make sure I get that time with, with him that is intentional. I can sit there for an hour if I want to, an hour and a half if I want to, just being able to read the, read the word, pray, and then listen to him and hear what he has to say in my life. I think that's golden. Mo, I like that mug, man. We're going to have to get a couple of those circulating for sure. I think it's awesome. You know, Joyce Meyer says this all the time and I even have a shirt. Uh, people know I like Dunkin'. I don't mind Starbucks. I'm not beyond it, but Dunkin', I don't have to tell you some alterations. Like you, I order it and it comes the way I order. Like Starbucks, I'd be like, can you add an extra pump of this? Can you make it sweet? And so I have a shirt that says, all I need is prayer and Dunkin'. Right. And once I have that, we good. You know, and Joyce Meyer always said, she said, look, y'all don't want to see me before I've had time with the Lord. And and I think it's amazing because we chuckle when we laugh at it, but it's literally, we just came out of the whole Armor of God series, but that truly is when, how we can equip ourselves for the day to day. The way I see us as coaches, as athletic professionals and servant leaders, I see us on the front line on a day-to-day basis. Every day that we walk outside of the door, Literally, we have to be just built up in the word so that we can come what what hits our day. You all deal with your young men on the basketball team every single day. You don't know what they're about to walk in the office. One of them may knock on your office door right now. What what word that God give you to equip you to be able to handle what they're bringing, right? And so Mm -hmm. that is, I believe, one of the, the best things that you could have said today on this conversation on this call to remind us of that. Clear the clutter. Um, servant leader, uh, uh, Monique Smith, she said this a couple of weeks ago, she said, you can't, we all have these phones, right? And she said, and what happens when the software is ready to download, right? And you're trying to download a new software, the new app, and you can't because you don't have enough space. She said, and that's how God is trying to do in our lives. But we're so busy. And we're so caught up in what he's, you know, what we're trying to do that we don't have space to let him in. We got to clear yeah. the cash. And just listen and let him download what he needs us to hear. I think that's perfect. You know, you tapped on this a little bit. And this is kind of where you and I meet um, each other. And this is that part of the call where, now I appreciate you all's transparency in this. Because so often people see it, the, you know, the coaches that we are, the athletic professionals that we are, the mentors that we are. But they don't see us as human, right? They don't see us as people that go through things. And that's why I'm so thankful for this platform and you all's transparency in your servant leadership because people need to hear that. You mentioned some of the trials that you've been having with your migraines and we meet there, right? And so I tell people all the time that, you know, I didn't understand and I, you know, wouldn't understand in the past why I would go through certain storms, right? It's like, oh my gosh, you know, we all want to say, why me, Lord, why did this happen, right? And then we begin to learn the more that we trust him and that he comes through, that he takes us through those things. As the word says, trials work with patience and patience work with hope, right? And so in meeting you and talking with you, I want you, if you don't mind, to tap a little bit into, um, you know, the journey that you kind of gone through with your health challenges and how you stayed embedded in the word. You know, trials sometimes make us move from him, right? If, we, if we're honest, we admit it. But how, how did you embed and ingrain yourself in the word so you were able to stay close to him as you continue to go through um, this, this health journey? I think the, like I was just talking about, the devotion time has been huge for me. And to be able to not have to come into the office until 1030 has, you know, been, been a huge blessing for me because I wake up with them and I go to bed with them. So to kind of ease myself into the day has, has been very helpful, but it's been very hard. You know, I'm a student. I take three classes every semester. Um, obviously, I'm a full-time coach, so that's a lot to deal with. And then you're trying to help 15 other people 
um, with their with their life. And there were so many days where I was just so weary. I didn't know how I was going to get through the day. Uh, I didn't know, you know, if I was even going to be able to get my work done. Having to go back and forth. My doctor is in Baltimore, so to put into perspective, it's about two hours and fifteen minutes from Salisbury. So it's an all-day affair when I have to go to the doctor. So to take all day to do that in the middle of scouting, in the middle of class, tests, all this stuff. And then not only that, but being in so much pain, you know what it's like to have a migraine. I always say it like this. I've never been, I've never had a hangover in my life. Let me put that there first. But if I did, it would feel like this every day of the week. <laughs> um, and so I just you know, it's very, it was been very challenging and I'm from Florida, you know, hurricane season. And I think I sent you a devotional about this, but the Lord has really been speaking to me about having faith like a farmer. So faithful is my word of the year. It's having faith like a farmer where I have to plant, I have to wait. And while I wait, I have to work. Mm-hmm. And then once the harvest is time to come, I still have to work to be able to earn the blessing. And then on top of that, he's been teaching me like when Peter was on the water in the middle of the storm and he was walking toward Jesus, everything was fine until he took his eyes off the Lord. And then he started drowning and the Lord reached out his hand and drew him up and calmed the storm. And so the Lord spoke to me and he said, if you keep your eyes on me, it's going to be calm. So kind of like a hurricane, the eye of the storm is a calm place. Well, if everything's raging around me and I don't, and I keep my eyes fixed on the Lord right here inside of me is going to stay calm, which is ultimately where I need the calm to be so I can keep moving. So he's been speaking to me a lot about like having faith like a farmer, just keep waiting, keep working, keep trusting me, keep your eyes on me so that you stay calm, you stay peaceful, filled with the spirit. Like we're going to get through this. You know, I don't know how or when, but the, the lady who touches the garment in the middle of the crowd it's just a picture that I have every time that I think about how the Lord's going to heal me. And I know he's going to let me touch him. And once he lets me touch him, that my, my pain, my back pain, my migraines, my knee is going to stop hurting. Like all this, these problems I've had over the past, since 2012 is all going to go away and I'm going to be healed. My body's going to be restored. I'm going to feel youthful again. And, you know, I just, I just know he's going to do it. I know he's going to do it. And I can't lose the faith. I can't lose the faith because he's been so faithful to me. Even if he doesn't heal me on this earth, he promises I'm going to be healed. Come on here. He doesn't tell me where I'm going to be healed. He just promises I'm going to be healed. So I believe in that. And I'm walking into that. And I'm declaring the victory because the battle's already been won. Come on. And I'm reminded that song that says, don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. Right. And I think about, Mm -hmm. I also think about how God aligns paths to cross. Right. I didn't know while I was going through my migraines when I did. I didn't know that I would go through the journey that I did. And then I meet you and we talk about this and we pray with one another and all that good stuff. And I hear the confidence in you, right? You know, it's amazing. People would always say, you know, why are you going through this and you still, but it's the confidence. That's right there. People always talk about those very um, words in the Bible, those testaments that we talk about with Peter and with the one with the issue of blood, the blind man, all those things. But I need them to understand this very thing, those parts we often miss is their faith. He says, go forth. Your faith has made you whole. Not because I touched you, not because you touched me, not for anything else. Your faith has made you whole. And when Mm -hmm. I hear you, Caitlin, I think I just get so excited every single time because when I hear you, you could be having your worst day of pain and you're sending me something to encourage me. You could have your your worst day and you say, hey, how can I pray for y'all? And I think that this is the most powerful thing. You could be sitting there receiving treatment and say, I'm okay because I know he's going to do it. And that is the faith that I aspire for everyone to have. That is the faith that he wants and he honors. And the biggest thing that you said in that, and I love how you, you know, and I want you to understand this, these devotionals, not all of them that she'll send me, but a lot of them, this comes from the words that he gives her to write. And so that's why it's so big for me. When we pray for God to do something and move in our lives, we can't just sit idle and say, all right, God, you know, I always laugh and I say, my little girl thinks that like, we're just her do people like bottle, come on, <laughs> you know, and sometimes I think though, that that's how we are as Christians, right? It's like, all right, God, do it. You said, if I pray, all right, boom, do it. And we sit idly by, but that word, the word says faith without works is dead. 
So when you, mm-hmm. we can't stop sowing in the field. We can't stop planting. We can't start, stop uh, tilling the garden. We can't stop doing that because when God is going to bless us is when he sees that. The biggest thing I was sitting here, I teach and I'm pointing because I'm looking at my classroom, even though no one's in here. And it was a young man, you know, it's close to the end of the nine weeks, y'all. So y'all know, shout out to all the teachers because our emails are blowing up as the semester ends, right? And so as everyone tries to get their grades up, right, because the, the year is ending, I'm always going to be faithful to the one that I see that is trying to help themselves, okay? So that being said, I am the grade giver. I'm the grantor of what you're asking. And if you're just sitting there doing nothing, why would I give you something extra to do and you couldn't do what I asked? But I was sitting here and I'm watching this young man and I told them I'm not taking late work at a certain point, but he's still doing the very assignment that I said I'm not taking. He's still doing it. He's like, well, I know she's not going to tell. Well, I'm going to just still do it because I'm going to need it for the final exam. I'm watching him. I've said out of my mouth, it's locked. I'm not going to grade it. I'm not granting you this grace or favor. And he's doing the assignment because he says, I know you're not going to take it, but I know it's going to help me for my next test. Hope y'all caught it. And as I'm watching that, I'm just like, wow. And so he finishes it up and he gets ready to leave. And I said, what are you doing? He's like, I'm about to go to my next class. I said, let me see that assignment. He said, I thought you said you're not taking it. I said, I told you that, yet you still work because you didn't care about the mistake you made here. You knew that you needed to be ready for your next. And because of that, I'm going to grade it. And that's all God asks us to be. Just remain faithful. We're not going to always get it right, but he's trying to prepare us for the next and to bless us. Mm -hmm. That's so good, Caitlin. That's so good. You know, and in while we wait though, a lot of us, you know, we try to grow in our word and we're reading the word and that word ingrained in our hearts is what helps keep us when we're going through things. And sometimes we walk through the valley where, you know, it's not just a shadow of death, it's dark, it's midnight, right? What are some of those scriptures? When you go to that word, we all have our favorite ones. We probably could be here all day, depending on some of us. But what are some of the ones that hold you, as the old folks would say, rocky in the middle of the night? What are some of those scriptures that you go to that just kind of help you when you are in the eye of the storm? Well, I think for me, the biggest thing is, is I've been working on my mental garden. I can't, like the Lord tries to plant seeds in my mind. And if I don't have the right soil, they're not going to grow. And so I have really been working on my mental garden, which means I have to work on my self-affirmation. So every time I start feeling less than and unworthy or I feel like I'm broken or, you know, not good enough. My, my scripture, my scripture verses are, I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. The Lord created me in my mother's womb. He knows every hair in my head. How much greater am I than the birds of the air? He can clothe them, you know, feed them. Um, you know, John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Like he did that for me. You know, and so then I started repeating these things and it's like, wow, like the Lord really loves me. He loves me so much. And so it's just those things. And, and I always say, like, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Right now, I have to trust in the Lord with all my heart. I don't understand what I'm going through, but I'm leaning on him and all my ways. I'm going to continue to acknowledge him. He's going to continue to direct me, you know, even leading up to here to Salisbury. I. Coach Huff is on here. I told him summer of, what is it, 2022 now? So 20, so summer of 20, I told him, Coach, I don't want to work for you at Holy Innocence. I really want to go back to grad school. Um, I want to go to grad school. I just graduated. I want to be a GA. I want to finish my education. Can you help me try and make this happen? So I told him, no. I said, no, I'm not coming to work for you. But, you know, <laughs> and then come to find out, like the Lord said, no. No to grad school. Close all the doors. All the doors. All the doors. All the doors. And so I said, okay, ho, I'm going to be obedient. I'm coming to work for you. <laughs> he said, okay. And then through that experience, I was able to meet Coach Mo. And then looking, I'm up here at Salisbury. After all the people that said no, all the people told me it was impossible. All the people that told me just to, to take the easy route and then work my way over here. And the Lord provided. I didn't understand, but I just kept trusting him. And then there's one more and it says like the Lord is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I don't need to know everything that's in front of me. I just need to know where my next step goes. 
And as long as I keep stepping, I'm going to get somewhere. And it's hard sometimes to understand because I'm a planner. I'm a natural planner. I got to be a little bit better about learning how to adjust on the fly. But God is, God is showing me that right now because he's only showing me where my next step is. And right now my next step is I'm going out on Saturday to go recruit. Where am I going next week? I have no idea right now, but he's going to show me soon. And so he just, he just keeps showing me my next step, where my foot's going to go. And he just sheds a light. So I don't fall off a cliff. I don't step on a crack. I don't go anywhere that's, that's going to hurt me. Because if he shows me the big picture, I might veer to the right or veer to the left. I'm not going to keep going straight. So that, those are the scriptures that I keep repeating to myself to remind me, like, I'm worthy. I'm loved. I'm good enough. I'm, I'm here for a reason. Like, the Lord placed me here. He didn't call me because I was equipped. But, he, but I was obedient, and now he's equipping me. And that's, that's good enough. You know, I don't need all this stuff. I, I heard something the other day, and it says we compare ourselves to somebody else. But we, then we forget that our little has always been more than enough for us. Come on. And I'm comparing my little to somebody else's. But then I forget that it's always been enough. Why do I ever need more? He gives me everything I could ever need or want. And more, and more abundantly in a surplus. And then, but because I want what everybody else has, I forget that the Lord is already more than enough for me. And so I try to keep my eyes fixed on that. And then just him only shining the light on that one step allows me to be more intentional with that. So. Those are my scriptures. That's been my repeated cycle. And it's really been helping me a lot. That's so golden. Like I'm sitting here about to throw something at you. My little hand set aside or something. Well, I think that's perfect. And I think we miss that though, right? Um, you know, I laughed. I was talking about this other day and it's so true. Every time I put Hendrix in the car seat, she does not like to be there, right? So I get ready to buck her in and she's like moving her hands. Like, and I'm like, boo, if you please move your hands so I can just lock you in. Just please... And, and I think about that so often with us, right? We want to know, where are you sending me? God, what you want me to do? All right, I'll go, but first, where are we going? You know, I'm like, just relax. You ever seen that person that can't be surprised? What'd you get me? Can you just chill? Well, where are we going? Just relax, you'll see, right? And, and you said it best though, he can't show us the big picture. He can't, because see, then we wouldn't do what it took, what he's trying to give us to prepare for it, right? I laugh often because you know this as a coach, and all coaches know this, there's always going to be a game on the schedule that may not be as competitive as the other. It just works that way. And sometimes we're that game, but it's the ebb and flow of the sport. All right. And so I don't like those games as a coach. No coach really likes those games because when the girls see that and they understand, oh, we just playing them. Oh, psh, and we, we what, what do they not do? They don't prepare properly. And if he mm-hmm. showed the big picture, we wouldn't prepare. We wouldn't pray. Right. We wouldn't lean on him. We, we, oh, we good. We got it. And, and those are the things that he's trying to get us to understand. I got you. I'm going to give it to you. You're going to be just fine. I promise. But move your hands out of the way and let me lock you in. You know, when you kept saying, I fixed my eyes, fixed my eyes, you actually, again, we meet here. My favorite is 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, where it says we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen, because the scene is temporary or temporal but the unseen is eternal. And so often we're faced right here. We want to grab the temporary. We focus on temporal things. And it's like, just like what you said about the little in his hands. Boo, that's not even, he's gonna blow your mind for what he has waiting for you that's unseen. But we're so focused and caught up on the temporary that we can't get what's unseen, y'all, I'm telling you, that's eternal. And the biggest portion, if we face and climb on what's eternal, that's seeing and hearing servant well done it's so funny that you say that sorry they uh, taking yeah. the care but uh <laughs> i went to my mom's bible study my mom and my said does a bible study on monday night and they're talking about exodus and moses and god literally just told me this he said when you're talking about seeing the big picture it was funny because he showed moses the big picture he said i'm going to take to rescue the israelites out of egypt and i'm going to take it to the promised land and Moses looked at him and he said, I can't be the spokesperson. And it's so funny. Like if he, if God said, just go to Egypt, Moses probably would have went and said nothing. But because he showed him the big picture and then Moses started looking at all of his inadequacies. And instead of seeing that God's right there, he's going to take him through. Man, I'm just made me think. I was like, wow, that's how, that's really why we don't just need to focus on like where he is, where he's placed right now. Because he's going to equip us. He's going to do everything that... We just have to be obedient. 
Look, I'm telling you, it's so funny. It's just, and even just another one, if you all know the story of Jonah, he said, go to Nineveh. He had to tell him multiple times, go to Nineveh. Like that's how, look, and I laugh so hard at that one because sometimes I love when people can bring me the word or just drop something in my spirit. And I do, I said, I'm like, Lord, did I really trip like that? Like, I really wish I could just see his face sometimes when I show out, because I know, like I'll do and say things and I'm like, I, I, I was tripping on something a couple of days ago and I ended up driving, I was driving and I had to laugh and I'm like, God, I know I'm tripping. I know, I know because I've been here before and I know that if I don't get it right, it's going to show itself again. I'm tripping. I know you got it. My bad. I don't even know why I'm still thinking about it. My bad. You got it. And I laugh and he's like, you know, you sat up here and talk about Hendrix will move her hands so you can lock her in. I'm asking you to take your hands off you know, so I can lock you in. And and I'm just so thankful though for his grace and his mercy though, right? And I think about that often as we coach, as we lead. Um, I was talking to uh, Coach Corey Close a couple of weeks ago. And that was one of the things she was talking about, just being able to give people grace. Um, coach Sherry Cole, same thing. She was like, we gotta give people grace. Sometimes we see people at their worst moment, but do we wanna be judged by that? Imagine if God judged us by our worst moment. When we meet mm-hmm. him, he knows everything even if people don't know anything about us. And so, you know, when we learn to give others grace, we also have to learn to give ourselves grace. So as we start to kind of tie this up, you know, I want to ask you this question before your two that you know I got to give you, you know, as coaches, leaders, athletic professionals, especially in a world right now where things are just even kill, um, they, you know, are taking on so many different spirals and tolls. Um, our athletes, our coaches, people in general are just, they're taking on so much, right? We see it right before our eyes and, you know, definitely going to say a special prayer for some, you know, you know, in-house family that's, you know, dealing right now with mental health. But I want you to just shed light a little bit on the listener, even if it's one who may come across today, may come across this podcast that is struggling with whatever, right? And it seems so big, because whatever it is, I can't see him. Whatever it is, I can't hear him. And maybe what I've done or what I see, he doesn't want to see me. What I've done is too big or too wide that he doesn't want or he can't, he can't love me anymore, right? I want you to just say, just even if it's a one line, a line of grace that we can give to ourselves to try to help that person that's struggling with mental health or those that we know. That's struggling with mental health. I think the one thing that I can say is that I've been sharing a lot lately is like God created everyone different and unique for a reason. And if you don't believe that, look at the palms of your hands. There is no one past, present, future that will ever walk on this earth that has your fingerprints. And so you're the only one on this earth that could ever make the leave the print, leave the impact that you can. And that's how valuable you are. That's how loved you are. That's how special you are. And if you can't see or feel God, look at your hands because he created them. (laughs) He created them in your mother's womb. He had a plan for you before you were even thought of. And if you can't hear him or struggling to hear him or feel like you're, you can't come back from what, what's ever happened or what you're struggling with, just know you're not alone. You're not alone. Like how many times Jesus left and went to the garden to pray, or went alone to pray. And he even asked the Lord to take this cup from me. But he took it just for you. So you could be free. You could be washed clean from the blood. And you could live again. And that's what I always say. You're so unique. You're the only one that could ever make this impact on the world. So just be you. I love it. I love it. I appreciate that. And of course, for our avid podcast listeners and even new ones you know before we close out there's two questions that I have to ask uh the person the servant leader we have on today and we literally just kind of um you know enshrine them in the servant leader family Caitlin's already in the family but you know we have to do it for formal right and so of course the first one is based off a lot of things that we said today and we say every day is that you know we all struggle I don't care uh you know I tell them God's favorite I feel like that, right? And I'm thankful that he makes everybody feel like that, but I'm telling y'all, I'm his favorite, okay? And so, but even in that trials come, right? Even in that trials come, I'm not exempt from the tests and trials. And so one of the things I love to do in my quiet time of devotion with him 
is I like to do what I've created as my God is devotional, where I say God is, and I will literally in my mind, or if I have time to write, my devotion time changed a little bit. Um, and, you know, I'll just say he's this and he's that and he's this and he's that. And so often I just get so full because whereas I could give characteristics of you, Caitlin, I can give characteristics of myself. I can give characteristics of those that are in here on this um, fellowship with us in-house and in those listening, but it's going to come to an end. But see, we serve a God that I can say God is and it will spiral and spiral and it'll keep going. Well, unfortunately, you don't get a long list. I only got time for one today for you. So if I said God is and I drew an imaginary line, how would servant leader Caitlin Benedict feel that slot? God is what? For me, I say God is the place. Ooh. And I say I that because it. he is the place I can go for anything, whether it's love, whether it's affirmation, whether it's I'm, I'm having pain, whether I need to cry out to him, whether I don't have enough of something at the moment. He is the place I can go for everything. There's so many times where I wake up in the morning and I like, man, this is a hard morning for me to get up out of bed. I don't even want to get up out of bed. I just want to keep laying here. But he gives me the joy. He gives me the energy. He gives me the love that I need to just get, not even get through the day, but to forget that I'm hurting and to have fun. I can't tell you how many times people have told me, we can't even tell that you even have problems. And I say, well, guess what? <laughs> That's all God, because if it was me, I'd be down with the <laughs> every day. Come on. So Come on. He is, the, he is the place. He is the place. If you need something, the Lord is the place. And that's why they call him the father. That's why he's called the father in the Bible, because that's what the father is for. A father is there to provide for you in every aspect of life. Whether you're grown, moved out, married, have kids, the father, your father is always there ready, ready for you, ready to re-embrace you ready to welcome you home, ready to give you everything you could ever want or imagine. So he is the place that I go. That is so big. I, I'm, I'm thinking now of um, a song, Secret Place by Karen Clark Shear. Have you ever heard it? You know, we send each other mm -hmm. back and forth. Okay, so that's going to be mine. I don't have to send to you. Well, I'll send it, but you'll have to listen to that one in the morning. But when you said God is the place, that's where I went, right? Um, it's just the lyrics are going to throw you, but I love that, right? He's the place, right? It, I'm reminded of just those, those stores that just sell everything. It's not a, a niche at all. It sells everything. And no matter what I do, what I need, I can go to him. I can find in him. And what, oh my God, what rest can that give you? That's big, Caitlin. And that was a new one. I love it. Of course, this is the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. We're servant leadership. Leading and learning to serve those that we lead, learning how to lead those in the way that Christ would have us, serving and leading like Christ. It takes on so many different definitions, so many different looks, right? And, and you know, not saying that they're not right. Our journey and our goal is to create the longest Christian sports professional development. As I told you, that's what I feel like. I feel like every opportunity that I get to speak with leaders like yourself is like an amazing Christ-like professional development for myself. But servant leadership takes on so many different roles and names and tolls. But for to you, servant leader, Caitlin Benedict, servant leadership, what does it mean to you? I think for me, it's these four things. And I've recently put this together. God's been speaking to me about this. And it's like, I want to be great at the uncommon things. And, and that ties into servant leadership. And, and those four things for me is service like a waiter. Being able to serve even when the response isn't positive. Loving others well which to me, that's being committed to the well-being of those around me, leading people to accountability. And that's building relationships that can bear the weight of the truth. So then I can assist them to become what they said they wanted to be. And then the last one for me is just being an elite question asker, asking the right questions to create autonomy of learning and not giving the right directions. So those are the four things for me, service like a waiter, loving others well, leading people to accountability, and just being able to ask questions for them to be able to figure out who they are. And at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm helping them become the person that they want to be and the person they said they wanted to become. And that's, that's what it's about for me. It's, I want to create, you know, I'm a, I coach men's basketball to create or help develop male leaders for Christ. And to be able to be a leader, you have to first be able to lead yourself. And to lead yourself, you have to know yourself. 
You have to love yourself. You have to value yourself. And so that's those four things. That's what I feel will help me to be able to do what the Lord is asking me to do because it builds relationships. It shows people that they're loved. It shows them that they're valued. It shows them that they're important. I'm not trying to force anything for them to be anything that I want them to be. I want them to be everything that they could ever want or imagine. And if I'm, I'm coming at those four things, that's my service to the others. Caitlin, Caitlin, Caitlin. Ooh. Listen, I'm telling you right now, I know I'm not surprised, but it still knocks me out anyway. And I think that is so amazing, of course, naturally, as one who is seeking to just become a better servant leader every single day. I think that is so well spoken, especially the one, number one took me out because I always say that, service like a waiter. And I love that. I tell people all the time, I'll say this and we'll get ready to close. When I go to a restaurant, right, I'm not hard to please. Just make sure my food's hot and keep my drink full. Like, don't ask me. Don't be like, can I do anything? And then you look at my glasses. If, if you keep my drink full, I'm going to give you the, the best tip ever. I don't care if my food didn't taste as well, if it was hot and you keep my drink full, I'm going to give you the best tip. And I was laughing because servant little Willie Spears, he was on um, a couple of times in the past few years. And we were talking about that. And he said this one thing. He said, it's so amazing because when we think about that, he said, think about Kool-Aid. Y'all ever had Kool-Aid? He said, of course, we put the Kool-Aid in and all that good stuff. He said, and what happens? He said that sugar dissolves to the bottom. He said, and we have to make sure that as servant leaders, and, and, and I'm thinking about this in terms of your fourth one, it says being an elite question asker and talking about um, mental health. As servant leaders, I want to leave you guys with this one. When we make that Kool-Aid, that lemonade, that iced tea, whatever you choose, and that sugar dissolves to the bottom, I need you to understand this. As we're stirring and stirring and stirring, and pouring and pouring and pouring, and stirring and stirring and stirring, and pouring and pouring and pouring every day to lead those that we serve, all right? We need to make sure that we're also filling our own cups, okay? Because we all gotten that last glass of Kool-Aid, that last glass of iced tea and lemonade, and what happens? All that gunk and sugar has dissolved to the bottom. So even though we're able to still pour, we're not giving people the same pour of the fresh taste from the first when we were full. And so I thank you, Caitlin, for all of that, Mike, because you literally have thrown me, I wish you could see my notes over here, um, but you literally have thrown me a back because more than anything, it's, we talk often and to still be thrown by God's grace and ability to use you is just amazing and powerful impact for me. So I thank you so much just for the gems you dropped today, today. I thank you for your transparency today. I just thank you for being who you are and allowing him to lead in your life so that you can, as you said, here to develop men leaders for Christ. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. This was amazing. And I just want to leave you with this. I've been listening to this song by William McDowell. And I'm going to look it up so I can tell you the name. But it's called um, Only You Can Satisfy. And the bridge to the song is Jacob's well will never do. So I will draw from you. Only you can satisfy my heart. Only you can satisfy my soul. And so I just want to leave our listeners with that today, that continue to draw. If you're going to pour into yourself, it needs to come from the Lord. Draw from the Lord. Draw from his well, because it will never run out. It's a living water. So just keep letting it run through you. Because ultimately, we want to draw. We want to be in a place of overflow. Because if we're always having if you, your phone, if you're always having your phone at 50% battery, you're always going to have it plugged up. But if it's always at 100%, then whatever is overflowing can be given to somebody else. And ultimately, the overflow is always going to be better than the cup. Y'all, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I cannot with you. I cannot. I appreciate you, my sister, for that. That is so big. And truly, that's how I know how God works, because I had no idea what your song of devotion was over the past couple of days. But that's right on target. And I will be adding that to our servant leaders playlist. So I appreciate you so much. Of course, as always, you guys bow your heads really quick, unless you're driving. Um, we're going to cover you guys really quick before we get out. So Heavenly Father, we thank you 
We thank you once again just for being in the midst. We thank you right now, Lord God, just for allowing us to be vessels, to be able to stir up the gift, Lord God, to speak of your goodness, Lord, to speak of your mercy, to speak of our trials, Lord God, but to also speak of our triumphs and understand and recognize they're because of you. I ask and pray a special blessing right now for servant leader, Caitlin Benedict, Lord God. I ask that you just continue to strengthen her as she continues to walk for you, lead with you, Lord God, and to help her, Lord God, from the top of her head to the soul her feet, Lord God. Heal her right now because her faith has already made her whole. So we're standing in agreement, Lord God, because you said where two or three are gathered, there you will be also. And so we're here, Lord God. We're asking, we're claiming, and we're believing in her name, Lord God. We thank you right now, Lord God, for those that will hear this now, those that will hear this later. But Lord, we ask a special pause that you just put touch, Lord God, on people right now, on the grieving family, Lord God, on those that have lost their lives, Lord God. I ask that you just be with them. Give them wisdom, knowledge, and understanding for those that are grieving for them, Lord God. I pray a special prayer, Lord God, for those that are suffering from depression, Lord God, and any type of mental illness, Lord God, that has taken their eyes off you, Lord God. Just hold them. Hold them in the heart of your hand, Lord God. Be with them. But most of all, Lord God, I ask that you help us to be lights so that those that may not know you can find you. And your son, Jesus, will always pray. Amen. Amen. My favorite line of the call, servant leader, Caitlin Benedict, you are now a part of the servant leader family. <laughs> I'm honored. I am so honored. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate you so much. For those that are listening, if you uh, need anything, you want to know more about who Christ is, you leaned and you want to come back, you need some prayer, uh, you're suffering and you think you're alone, I promise you, you're not. DM one of us, we'll get you where you need to be, I promise. But most of all, we thank you guys for listening and we're going to see you guys next time.